Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Um, we've got no football really this weekend, so we're going to look back at um, the Sheffield game. Oof. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to look ahead uh, and, and, and reflect on our signings in the transfer window and have a Gooner debate. Uh, the Gooner debates have always been good in the past. And uh, I'm joined by uh, three other fellow Gooners, all of which you will know. Uh, the first one, all the way from Scunthorpe. Scunny, how are you, mate? Evening, champions. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are Just you because on? you're an Australian podcast doesn't mean you have to come on with it. I have, I have to get it in, mate, because I'm on the Australian <laughs> podcast. It's got to be good. You're lucky you got that. It could be. It could be the S and C's. So yeah, that is that is our no. pros for you, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not on here. Not on here. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine. A good friend of the show as well. Uh, Mem is back on. Uh, he's got the mood lighting on because he's feeling like you know. Ah, it's been really, really nice. It's been an enjoyable transfer window. Mem, how are you? Try and unmute yourself first. Let me unmute you. There you go. I'll do it for you. Yeah. There you go. I said, yeah, I'm fine, Fergus. Thanks for having us. It's uh, it's it's been it's been pretty good. It's it's been um, upbeat. Yes, good. And finally, also actually from Lincolnshire, but originally from London. Um, old man Trev in his retro shirt. I do love your retro shirts. I've got a couple myself. Uh, they're um, more skin tight than yours are at the minute. <laughs> Lockdown. We're all body. having a party. We're all having a party. We're all having a party. <laughs> it's time for Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. Evening all. How you doing, boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really, really good, Trev. And that is honestly. That is the 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 the, the, the sort of uh, feeling I want to get on tonight because you, you, we, we're going to look at lots of things. As I said, we'll look at the Sheffield game. Yeah, we'll look at uh, whatever the Guna debate: fans versus supporters, the influence of crowds on Premier League games, or no crowds, more or less. Um, the transfer windows in and outs: are we pleased with them? Uh, party, the thoughts: Torreira, Guendouzi. Ozil, Gunnosaurus, and lots and lots of other things. But before I start on that, I do want to do something a little bit more deep and a little bit more poignant because a lot of these things get dropped at the end of the show when we over-talk uh, and, and run over. It's Mental Health um, Awareness Week, and Arsenal done a lot of stuff with um, the, His Royal Highness, the Princess of Wales, a uh, Prince... Prince of Wales, not Princess, unless he's done something different that we don't know about. Uh, but the Prince, the, the Prince of Wales, um, uh, about the heads up thing with the FA Cup, and Arsenal are doing a lot of, uh, to do with mental health awareness. Um, I had some not great news uh, this week. A friend of mine, unfortunately, uh, is not with us anymore. Uh, and the only thing I wanted to say was um, us lads. There's a lot of lads are in the chat. We got Amanda Guna girl in the chat. It's not exclusively just to, to lads, but to ladies as well. Just talk to each other. You've got mates out there. Everyone's always listening. So um, I don't want to... I don't want to... Well I'll add some value to that, Fergus. Um, yeah. Anybody who knows me, if you've got me on Facebook, you've got me on Twitter, it doesn't matter if you know me really well or not. Hit me up if you need to talk to someone. I'm here to listen. I've been through my own kind of 
I was going to swear them, but I'm not allowed. Uh, my own sort of stuff in my life. Please, if you need to talk to someone, even if it's just someone to hear you out, I'm here. Just hit me up. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Well Thank said, Mike. Mike. And I've been well there said, too, lads. mate. And exactly the same goes for me, but <clears throat> well said. Well done. Listen, listen, we're, we're, listen I'll, I'll, I'll just finish on this, but we're in lockdown, in some people in Scotland and so on, and and, and so, so, some of us, I've, I've been in this room here for seven months, okay? I work from home, and you don't get to see many people, and I talk to men, and the poor git gets to speak to me two or three times a day, because uh, we work on in, in a similar field. Um, but it's not having the human interaction, not being able to talk to people, not leaving. So, yeah, just as Mike said, as I've said, as we all said, let's just talk to people. It's good to talk. Isn't that what the old BT advert was about? Anyway, moving on. Listen, right. Listen, Fergus, talking to someone is not going to change things, if we're honest, right? But talking to someone lightens the load massively, lightens the load, and it, and it gives you a lift. Right, and when you when you're in these places, you need that load lightning, and you need that lift. Right, your, your body's like a dustbin; it fills up so far that it overflows. Right, and that's what our minds are like. And and sometimes you just have to empty it all, and and then it, it lightens it all, and, it, and and it makes it easier. I've been there; I've done it all, boys. Know all about it. Mike is exactly right, and 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 I agree with everything. You've only got to ask someone. All of us. I've got well, two. I'll leave it now, I've got two Sorry, things. More than welcome to use them. I've got two of them. Yeah. Well like said, I, anyway, Trev. Well said, mate. Not discounting from what the topic I did. I just didn't want to lose that at the end, and where we try and shove it in before I come along and go. Oh, we've nearly ran into an hour. I wanted to actually uh, cover that topic because it it, it it feels very poignant at this moment in time for me personally. Right. Okay. Um, Sheffield. Uh, it was Chris Wilder's two hundredth game. Um, in charge of Sheffield United. He had won 99 uh, games with Sheffield. So nearly a 50% win record. Uh, we all said in the preview that we didn't think it would be uh, a walkover of a game. Uh, we felt that it would be um, more, you know, that they would sit with two banks of four, which they did, and we would just find it difficult to break them down. Um, Saka had a more floating role. Um, Trev, I'll go to you first. What what did you make of the, the actual lineup of the game and the start, the start five or ten minutes of how 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 it started off? He's frozen. All right, okay, Mem. Since you spoke up first, you you now take on the baton. <laughs> um, we spoke brief. Well, we spoke a couple of times about the game, and I think I I, I um text uh, on whatsapp group as well that i was really nervous about the game uh it, it was a potential banana skin for us because they are a real tough nut everyone knows it i think everyone expected it um and i just felt it was it was again it was like it's a learning process yeah it, it, the manager the team uh, all the components we stayed patient we didn't play particularly well we seemed a little bit off the pace, but, you know, the shape was good. The discipline vitally was really good. And more than anything else, and again, I, I was texting this, I just hope we take our chances, and we did. And then we went 2-0 up, and it, for, for a little while, it seemed, it just got a little bit too easy, didn't it? It just seemed as though it just, it started to flow, and it was just too easy. And then Sheffield United um, got another one. And, and then it was, again, another really good test for the last 10 minutes or so. 
just to see how, as a team, you know, we are making better decisions. We are defending better. We are more compact. The players are. Sorry? I'm on page yeah. three of my notes already. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> it's all right. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, they're just, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. We took our chances. Yeah, I thought that was vital in that game. And also vital we didn't go behind. Um, I thought it was a decent performance. I thought it was a really just good, solid performance that you need in the Premier League because we're not going to blow teams off the park. It's a, it's a tough league and it's really wide open this year. Really wide open. And I thought Saka, um, oh, just he's so intelligent for his years. He's, he's, he's years ahead in terms of maturity. He's, he's like his decision making, his, his, um, you know, like his game, football game intelligence, when to pass, when to move. He turns up in the right moment and the goal, a lot of players could have rushed that because he seemed like he had an eternity before the ball got to him. Yeah. Um, and um, I have to mention it because young Hector does get a bit of stick. I thought he played quite well on the night, uh, on the day, and he, he stood a lovely ball up at the back post. But the way young Saka took the goal, I, I thought it was brilliant. He, he just he stayed calm, composed, put it in the top corner. Yeah, Mike, really pleased. Mike, um, Saka has been mentioned there and going back probably about 85 minutes into the game. Um, Saka's floating role. What did you make of uh, that floating role? I am only taking the mick out of you, man. Um, uh, cool. I'm used <laughs> to it, mate. You talk daily, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you make of Saka's floating role? And do you think that's a, a role he could he could stay in on a more permanent basis? Well, uh, possibly, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, he's he's got a good footballing brain for a young kid, and it's going to take him very very far. So I personally, I think him in the game was definitely one of the better players in the game against Sheffield. Uh, to go on what Men was saying, you know, with with Sheffield United, it's they are they are a tough team to break down. They always have been. You know, if you look at the previous games that they've played, they've only lost one two nil. Uh, he, so. It is they are, but they don't tend to have much going forward. So, for us, yeah, I think what I was expecting when we got the first goal, I was expecting it to open up a bit more. I think I think they was playing for the draw against us, if I'm being honest, and you could tell that with the shape that they were playing and the the way that they was doing, it was more counter attacking football from them. So, yeah, and again with Saka, he's definitely up there with the for the best player on the pitch, definitely. And the, and and the game it was quite pedestrian. First in the first half, we didn't even have a shot on target, mm. or uh, not a shot on goal. I don't even think. Never mind target. In the first twenty-five minutes, the first half, um, the stats come out as we had one shot by the end of the first half. Sorry, we had four shots, and three on target, and they came in the last ten or fifteen minutes. Shaka comes into a lot of crap. And uh, El Nenny, I talk about him and I say he's a bit of a water carrier and you need those type of players. The two of them combined, uh, and I know we will come on to talk about our additions into our squad and so on in the second part of the, the podcast. But did you find, Mike, that it was very much uh, a backwards, sideways sort of um, sort of game? Yeah. Uh... The th- the thing is, I, I don't think it's necessarily. I, I honestly thought Jacker would have been made for that game more than El Nene, if I'm being honest. Uh, I I thought El Nene was not really effective in that game whatsoever. 
for me, he plays the the backwards sideways passes more than what Xhaka does. Xhaka can hit that long ball or out to the wings, which if you watch, if you look at the game, William needed desperately. Now, this is where I'm going to fault when you were saying about Bellerin, men. I don't think he was great on the pitch defensively. He did get the, I think it was the assist and pre-assist, granted, but he left William out quite a lot because you want to see our left, you know, he's, he's our right wing back. I want to see him hugging that line. I want to see him moving forward. And that this is why I think William struggled in this game. Did you watch on Sky, Mikey? Uh, which bit? The, the, the oh, game. Yeah, the watch game, yeah. Yeah. Did you see that Sky put up a stat at one point and they showed uh, the, the movement of our ball and there was little or no movement past the halfway line on the right-hand side. It was all on the left, all on the left. Yeah, I was having a discussion with the uh, with Max, the other guy on Arse Brothers, and we were discussing, discussing through our match. We are very, very one-dimensional at the minute going forward, and it's everything's going down the left-hand side. It's great when you've got players like Saka who's playing down the left, you've got Tierney, and you've got Aubameyang. It's sometimes great, but sometimes it could be a hindrance. And by by being a hindrance, it's always to be expected to come down the left-hand side. So teams can shift more to that left-hand side and make it difficult for us. And that was the issue for me. But if I know I'm probably getting a bit ahead of myself here by or ahead of your, uh, your thing, like with Pepe coming on, that completely changed everything with him being on the right-hand side. It, it 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 did, um, and I, I, I'm close to coming on to that point. But the one thing, Trevor, is, are you got your stuff back working again now? Are you? Can you hear me? I can indeed. Can you hear yeah. me now? Yeah. Oh, lovely! Oh, I can hear you, boys. What okay. are you talking about? Sorry, lads. Um, no, we're just going through the first half of the, the Sheffield game, and and the one bit on the first half, the only bit of real excitement and talking part that that there was uh, in the first half um, was David Louise. Was it a red card, Trev? Uh, honestly, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a red card. Um, but there's been there's been loads of red cards that should have been this season that's been missed. You know, um, Louise. You know my thoughts on Louise, right? On his day, he's the best centre half in the country. But he has got too many mistakes in him, and, and that was not nearly another big mistake. You know, on another day he goes, and, <sighs> and we're under pressure. So. Yeah, why are you like? What have I done? What have I missed? It wasn't you, it was Mem swearing. <laughs> Tell him <laughs> off, Trev. Mem was off mute for a second. He's all FFS. <laughs> Tell him off, Trev. Was Mem having a go at me? Were you having a go at me, Mem? No, 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 no. I think no. I'm having a go at my fucking mic. You're on a yellow card. <laughs> I'm um, a no, I tell you, some people. Oh, I know, Mike. Believe it. But I mean, I'm struggling through here. But me, me mic's me, me earring's not the best, so you'll have to bear with me. That's fine. That's fine. But you, <coughs> you thought it was a red card, um, Mem. Yeah. If your microphone's yeah. working now, uh, <laughs> you think it was a red card? No, I didn't. But Why I'm not? biased, and I, I just think there's not enough in it. I just, I just think. I think that I think it's oh god I don't know. I don't know what to think with the rules anymore. Um exactly. by the letter exactly. by the letter by the letter of the law, yeah, okay, it's a red card, but is it a clear goal scoring opportunity? Mm, you could argue that out. He's quite a distance from goal and our goalkeeper who's is no slouch. Um 
isn't too far away. I mean, was he was he in in control of the ball to give him an actual opportunity to score a goal? No, the ball was too far ahead of him, and Leno was probably they were probably equidistant. Uh, Leno and who was it? McGoldrick, I think it was. Um, That I'm biased, uh, mate. I didn't think it was a red card, but. They reached distant after Louise had called him and pulled him back. If he hadn't mm-hmm. pulled him back, he was a yard ahead. They, Matt, I don't know if it was Sky or Match of the Day. They compared it with, was it Chris Basham? He was having a tussle with a, a player a few weeks ago and he did get a red card from VAR. But it, this was totally different. Them two were like, it was handbags, but them two were like having a proper tussle. He was pulling him, the strikers pulling him onto him. But this was like, it was a little tug and then he let go of him. And I think he let go of him in time. No, it weren't a red card. It wasn't enough in it. The uh, other red card called Mike. Yeah. The other red card called Mike was was um, Abamyang. Uh, he got a yellow card, I think. Um, I know I, I, the foul on Ab- uh, on Abamyang. Uh, the Sheffield United player got a yellow card, um, but Abamyang got uh, via VAR got a red card for a very very similar tackle did did you think that was a a a, a foul a yellow a red look the way i see it is it's look of the draw with refs and var at the minute it's look of the draw you know it's whatever the pull out the hat yeah can i just mention about david louise yes it was definitely a red card he's tugged his shirt he's the last man and he lost like trev says he's lost a yard on the pace of the ball i reckon it could it would have been a goal scoring opportunity yes that was a definite red we got lucky simple as that Abamyang, the, the tackle to Abamyang, no, I don't think that was a red card. Personally, I think that was definitely more of a yellow. That was a 100% yellow card uh, for he, me. He, oh my he, Lord. He, got the, he got the ball. <laughs> Trev, he got the ball. Trev, you listening? He got the yeah, ball. Yeah. He got the ball. He, the, the only he got the ball he, in the leg. <laughs> the only reason he got a yellow card is he, he wasn't in total control and his studs were showing on one foot, not two, like uh, Johnny shared in the, in our WhatsApp group. Where the guy was doing like a pirouette with his legs behind his arse cheeks and saying two feet are, f- feet are off the ground. So you, what, you disagree with Mike then, do you? It was a red all day. It was a red all day. It, it, you know, it, we've seen them go for that. And, and, and I'm starting to wonder... If Sky TV have got a bit of an issue with Arsenal Football Club at the minute, because we had was mentioned about the, the tackle on Alabama Yang, but they're going, they, they spent about 12 minutes after the game discussing a shirt pulled by Louise, but never mentioned the fact that that bloke could have broke Alabama Yang's leg. And the week before, Tierney gets a smack in the chops for his trouble, right? And he don't yeah. get a mention, didn't get a mention. It didn't get mentioned. I, I agree with you there, Trev, yeah. There is something and, wrong with that. The, the Mane one, and then, that was... And I'll tell you for nothing at all, that broke McGoldrick. I don't, I hope you, I would love it if he was watching this because that McGoldrick is a filthy player. He was leaving a bit <laughs> in all game. He should have had about seven yellow cards. It should have been off, off, and then off, off, and off again. There's something that they're not happy with the Arsenal at the moment. I'll tell you what, I'm going to blame Ozil. It's Ozil's fault, right? <laughs> Let's not get started on him, yeah. Let's not get started on him, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mike, Mike already touched on it about Pepe. When Eddie went off and Pepe yeah. came on, we changed the front three from Saka, Abamyang, 
to Saka, Aubameyang, Pepe, but William in the hole. Men, is that the way forward? Is Saka, Aubameyang, Pepe, with maybe rotating um, uh, Martinelli when he comes back and other uh, other players in that yeah. sort of category? Possibly. I, I think Pepe, Pepe made an immediate impact when he came on. Um, not only did he take his goal well, but there was a he made this lung busting run and, and, he, and he made this great block in our own box. And he's in just he's, he's I feel his work rate's gone up, yeah. And and, it, and I think it's the competitive nature of, of the team now, yeah. It, he has to work if he wants to get in the first team. Uh, possibly Fergus. I don't know if it's going to be you know that way permanently because I think L- L- Lacazette has still got quite a bit to offer. I, 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 yeah, he's at the point as a number nine. His all-round game, although his finishing well, at times lets him down, is probably the best to play at the point. You know, number well, nine. Mem, uh, Trev sent us on the group uh, a serious question you wanted to add to today's agenda, which was a serious comment. Could this be the way forward? Saka, William, Pepe uh, in the side with no room for either. Either Lacazette, who we didn't know was going to stay or not stay in the transfer window, and Eddie. Trev, answer your question. Uh, I thought we, uh, I've been a bit of a critic of Willian playing out wide. And I thought that when we moved him into the slot, I, he looked a different player, completely different player. He came to life and he came into his own. And I think we looked an all round better side. So I'm a big, I'm a big believer in Laka. And I've, it's on record that I've said we've got to give Eddie game time and give him a chance. But we certainly look when Pepe came on and, and went wide and an album moved in and we got Saka bombing up the other side and we got William working things behind him. And don't forget Sabios behind that as well, right? We looked a lovely side. We looked a lovely balanced side. And was that because we took off Shaka? Is that because we took off Shaka and put Sabios on and, and, and freed up? Because if you've got Shaka and you've got El Neni on the pitch, it's a little bit more pedestrian sideways backwards that we saw in the first half. We didn't have that. Didn't didn't Shaka get substituted? No, I'm getting. No, got, I think he got subbed on, didn't he? You're getting mixed up with Liverpool, mate. Yeah. You are. I am indeed. Mate. Was, no, 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 played before Shaka, and and I think we looked we looked a better side with El Nene as well. If you look at at um at Saka's goal, what a goal that was, by the way. You know, how do you generate that power from that far down? But if you look at, at Saka's goal in a build up. Um, El Nani makes a, a blinding charge into the box, you know, strong run into the box. And and he, he touches the ball. But even if he don't touch the ball, runs like that, they distract the defenders, you know. The defenders start going all over the place. And you don't see Xhaka make them runs, you know. You don't see him. He's a different type of player. And so at the moment, El Nani gets in the side for me before Xhaka. And if we're playing a top, top side, then I can see why we play El Nani and Xhaka in that team. But we don't need him in a team all the time. As I said at the weekend, it's horses for courses, you know. But Elneny in front of Xhaka for me at the moment, I'm afraid. We didn't look, we, we looked at the side when Xhaka come on, you know, all honesty. I don't know why he changed it. There was only eight minutes to go. And, and we're winning 2 0. We're cruising. Why do we have to rest players for eight minutes? Especially when we've got an international break coming up, you know, so they're not going to be playing too much football. So, yeah, um, 
No, El Nani in front of Xhaka it, for me. And, and Willian in the middle looked a player, looked a baller, looked a player. He, he does. He can play in that number 10 role, that sort of role. We touched on Saka's goal and Bellerin's first assist. Bellerin gave a second assist uh, for Pepe's goal, which was a really well-taken goal, Mike. But was it more the fact that he was given the time and the space by Sheffield United to get it onto his left? If he was under a bit more pressure by... A and this is no disrespect to Sheffield United, but a, a more competitive and and uh, a better team, uh, they would have put him under a bit more pressure and not given him that space and room. Uh, what what was your what was your thoughts on on Pepe's goal? Well, it's similar to what we said about the first half, didn't we? About it all coming down the left hand side. You know, most of our stuff was coming down towards Aubameyang and Saka. The this is the issue. I don't think it would have changed at all. I think uh, Pepe would have been in exactly the same situation as William. When Pepe come on, the game had opened up more because we were too, uh, you know what I mean? We, it, we was just, it started to open up. Uh, was we 1 0 up at that point before he came on? No, he what came is? on and, no, he came on and then we got the goals. All yeah. oh, right. Well, the game was opening up and <clears throat> with Sheffield United getting tired legs and stuff, it was perfect for Pepe. It was a perfect situation for Pepe. Now, when you say about William, he opened up more, he was receiving more of, more passes because he moved into that middle rather than being on that left-hand side. But with him being a player like um, with William being the player like he is, he can move that ball better towards that right-hand side to help Pepe out. And I think that well, that's what made the difference. So yeah, for Pepe, I think he would have been lost on that uh, right-hand side uh, if he was already on the pitch uh, to begin with. I think he would have been in exactly the same situation as William. But, be, but, but being so <laughs> left-footed, Mem, being so left-footed, should you stick him on the left? I, I, yeah, I would have that's, thought that's, that's the modern way to play, isn't it? That's, that's the modern way to play. That's how it is now. You you, you know your your advanced wide players cut inwards to allow us you know bring the fullbacks in, create the space so your fullbacks, wingbacks, can you know allegedly bomb forward. But um, I, I don't have a I don't have a bloody no problem at all with him being all left footed. Yeah, some of the greatest players of all time, you know, were all. Totally and utterly one-footed, yeah. I, I think the boy is seriously talented, yeah. And I've personally, I've, I've seen a, a real change in him uh, since restart, yeah. He, 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 I think he gets it more. I think he works so much harder now. And, and I think he's, the work he's doing with Mikel or the coaching staff is, is having a really good influence on him. Have we got the right Ivorian then? No. Yeah. He still bought <laughs> yeah. the wrong Ivorian. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. We no, bought the wrong Ivorian winger. The thing is, the thing is, let's about not get Pepe. into that. But I just want to say, yeah, about El Nini and Jacker, boys. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, I think El Nini at present is a safer bet and makes less errors and mistakes than Jacker, who has got more range with passing. But Mo, for me, and I've said this to you, Ferg, right? For now, for the time being, it's cool. It's okay until someone better comes along. I think. Yeah, we'll get on to that, won't we? Yeah, but he plays too square for my liking, the man, yeah? Um, but what he does, he does really, really well, okay? That's oh, about someone better out, come along, man. Someone better hey? out, come along, son. We're all having yeah. a party. We're all having a party. <laughs> He's well, here. Get... Yeah, I know, mate. There's more to come, Trev. To Honestly, up... there's more to come. To finish up on this game, because... Uh, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the best game. It was a good result. It's what we needed. We need to grind out those ones. McGoldrick uh, got a great goal. Uh, Aubameyang was unlucky before our first goal not to get a, a score. He had a good chance. And McGoldrick, uh, anybody think any of our players were at fault for that? I, I... 
Nah, it was a uh, really? one of them type, it was one of them type of goals. I think to be fair, it was just one of them yeah. ones that was bound to go in. You know, Took it's, it well. Yeah, we'd change things. We'd change things, so we'd upset the apple cart. We were playing well, defending well, cruising, and and, and I Mikel. Yeah. I, I still love you, Mikel. I still love you, but it, we changed things, and it, it, and and we just it, it it gave them a little bit of space, you know. And so they had a goal. Boy, just before we move on, Fergus, I, I think a couple of things from what the boy said, right? I thought Bellerin had a, a really good game. And I thought, Two after hits. what we said about Bellerin, you know, you've got to praise him as well. I thought Hector Bellerin had a really good game. Yeah, you could say it was only Sheffield United. You could say they're not the best side. But Bellerin did everything he needed to do against Sheffield United. And he played really, really well. So he needs a mention. And the other thing is, you, we talk about playing Pepe on the left, right? Where do you play Pepe on the left? Because Aubameyang obviously likes playing up top on the left. Aubameyang's playing up top on the left by choice. Trust me, boys, because he plays what he wants because he's that good. And we've also got. I agree, I agree you know, with that. We've got that Tierney a- on the left. We've got Saka on the left. We've got Martinelli to come back in on the left. How does Pepe get in on the left? You, you know, know what? I, play I, Pepe? I think good that point. forward. Good I think point. that forward line just floats, and they just all switch and rotate and switch and rotate and cause defenses absolute. Uh, havoc because you got um all of a sudden you have a Bama Young on the left, you'll have Pepe on the left, you'll have Martinelli on the left, and so on and so forth. Um last thing was um the keeper for South uh, for Sheffield United uh went up in the final minutes for an attack, but hmm. um they lost the ball. The ship, there was a counter-attack on. We could have had a third goal, but the referee blew up. Did he blow up too early? Go on, man. You finish this one off. Not bothered. Not bothered. Honestly, we got the win. That's all I'm getting concerned about. We're two one, three one. I'm not bothered, yeah. I've got to mention, though, I thought um, Gabriel, again, looked really solid, yeah? Yes. Um, like, just a proper defender, you know? I love the way, you know, when he's being on one-on-one, I love seeing him on one-on-ones. Man, he's so focused, yeah? Um, it's already the best centre-half we've got, and he's only played a handful of games. He just looks really, really decent, I feel. Made Fine, makes Louise look good. Final score was two one. Now you put Gabriel down as your man of the match, or who who who's going for ma- what, what? BBC went for for Bakayo Saka. Anybody disagree with Bakayo Saka as man of the match? Yeah. Go on. Who do you who do you Sabayos. think? Sabayos. Sabayos. Okay. Honestly, Sabayos is different in our team at the minute. He is the guy who's pushing from that back line. When we're playing out from the back, he is the guy who's there receiving it off the defenders and pushing forward. If I don't usually tend to look at stats and everything, I think stats is sometimes a bit crap. Yeah. But when I looked at his stats and the passes that he made and the range of passes that he made in that game, I was shocked. I was like, wow, this guy is moving the ball all over the place. And I think he deserves the man of the match in that game. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Mike, you're bang on, pal. He's the only player we've got that can spray the ball around and open the side up at the minute reliably, you know, consistently. If if we if I was the Arsenal man now, I would be on to um on to Madrid saying we want to buy this bloke. I know we've got him on loan for another season, but come on, let's start talking now about money. Because he's that important at the moment. He was good. He's 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 arguably in centre midfield, he's arguably our, our only front foot player, a midfield player that looks forward. Um yeah. the others we got in there are, are not of his class and ability when it comes to what the lads have just pointed out. Yeah, good point. Do you know what, man? I think that's where we might miss the boy Terreri, you know, because I really honestly think 
We've lost a cracking player in Torreira. I don't think he's been given a fair shot. I think he's been played wrong. Um, yeah, fair played point. And, and, we'll, and I we'll, think... We'll go, in, we'll go into the ins and outs shortly. Like, you know, at, yeah. at the end of the day, it's three points. Uh, the stats are 65% possession for Arsenal. Five shots on target. We scored two goals. Uh, we got the three points. Um, a dreadful game. I, I did think, and I, we talked about it prior to the game, myself and Trev, about we could have been there and everything else. Bloody hell. Could you imagine being there for that first half? I think if it was 15% um, attendance in that first half, I think you would have had about 2 or 3% attendance by the time halftime finished. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been down because that was absolutely shocking. You weren't great. Listen, that brings me on to the Guna debate and the influence of crowds on the Premier League. Uh, the home advantage people talk about is, 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 is there a home advantage? Is there a, a disadvantage playing away from home? You know, home fans get on the on people's back. Tottenham got out of jail probably at the end of last season with Mourinho playing his horrible, nasty football and his negative football. And if the Tottenham faithful were in there, they would have been on, the, on, on their players' backs for the performance they were putting in. When you get players who do stupid things like Shaq has done on occasions and various other players, and, and I'm not picking on any player, but when they make those silly moves and, and, and lose the ball silly, you know, there was 41 goals scored at the weekend, including a 7-2 Villa versus Liverpool. Unfortunately, Spurs won, but it was six goals against Man United, 4-2 Everton versus Brighton and teams like West Ham winning three and four nil against top. I, I, I've written down their top four contenders, but Leicester and Wolves, I'd put up there as possible outside top four contenders. They're as much of a top four contender as Arsenal are. D does not having fans, Trev, make a difference? Yeah, I think it does make a difference. Listen, by the way, can we stop mentioning the fact that Man U lost? I don't want to know about that game. I don't care about you, right? Yeah. But I don't mention it. Fergus, consider yourself told. Don't mention I, that anymore, please, right? I cringed, mate, the minute you said that word, yeah? Didn't you see? Yeah, uh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course the fans make a difference. The fans make a difference to all of us. I, I mean, if Villa had had fans the other day, they'd have scored nine against Liverpool, I'm sure of it. But it's, 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 you can't moan about it. It's a level playing field, Fergus. Nobody's got fans in the ground, you know. I still think that own teams have got an advantage, albeit maybe as not as it was, as big as it was. But there's still an advantage to playing at home. Uh, and 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 there's not a lot more you can say about it, really, because I am a fan and I want to be in that ground. So I'm very, very biased. I want to be in the ground. And, and the sooner we get in there, the better, you know. Um, so, yeah, we do make a difference. We can make it. And, and Arsenal fans particularly need to pay attention to that. I'll, I'll wait till we move on to talk about transfers, Fergus, because I want to bring the fans into that part of it, right? Um, well, by the way, I'm going to go straight off on a tangent here. Sorry, I've got to say hello to Craig Oldham. He's a good mate of mine. He's a Wednesday fan. And he says, thank you, everyone, for beating Sheffield United. I had to do that. <laughs> now he's going to I bet he didn't say Sheffield United, did he? I bet <laughs> he's he said they're beating the pigs. <laughs> He's going to buy me a cup of tea tomorrow now because I've said that. He's a good lad. But no, no I want to talk about the plan. That's a perfect segue into what the next question I had was. You, you, you say you're a fan. Are you a fan or are you a supporter? What is the difference between a fan and supporter? Is there any difference, Trev? 
Oh, let, let, I can I can see where you're coming from already. And me and Mem have talked about this, and and Mike and I have briefly touched on it. But what are you a fan or a supporter, and is there a difference? I'll be a fan <laughs> today and a supporter tomorrow. What does it matter what you call people? What's the difference between fan and supporter? There's not a difference. There's no difference. I'll, I'll be a fan today. And I'll, it's, I'll it's all, it's all this. Hang on, Mem. Hang on, Mem, because I know where you're coming from, Mike. <laughs> it's just another word for the same thing. It really is. It's just another word for the same thing. You're a fan. You're a supporter. It does it really matter? Seriously, as long as you stick to the team that you're you fan you're your fan of or you support, who cares? Men, we had this conversation I... early in the week uh, when I'm sitting in this, walking from this room to the room behind me with with with, with these on, with my ear headset on because I'm bored and then talking to you and 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 we talked about this and we actually had about a 15, 20 minute debate on it. And you said the one, there oh. was, a, a, yeah, when you're on the phone, it's always that long. Um, Is it that long? I'll bear that in mind tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, all right. But you, the, you said there is a difference. Explain. Okay. Before I say that, just quickly about the fact, yeah, it does make an absolute difference not having fans um, in, in, in the grounds. Yeah, it absolutely. It makes the world a difference. Okay. However, going just quickly touching on all those results that, that you was um, just mentioning all the big scores and everything I, I personally think that happens because we have the greatest football league in the world in this country and on any given day barring maybe Fulham right now on any given day as has been proven that this weekend um teams can turn if you're not at it if you're not on your game anyone in this league can give you a right hiding mate yeah um and that well, is so because of all, all of that, that's brought all the great players uh, over in and the managers as well. But, right, the question, the difference, I, I, I think, what I said to you, I, I think, like, I'll let you say your line, but I think it's personal. It's how you, the emotion it evokes in you. If you're a fan, I mean, I've got one of my best mates is a Hammers fan, and, and I've been to the Hammers many times, and i got no problem. I, 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 I am a fan of West Ham Football Club. But I wouldn't call myself a supporter of West Ham Football Club, as you rightly put it, Fergus. Yeah. Whereas Arsenal, um, you know, Arsenal just evokes emotion in me, mate. You know, that just gets me um, reared up. And yeah, so that's what I think is the difference. But the conversation came about, Fergus, so you have to have it right and mention it. It was It's all this social media nonsense, yeah? Which I don't follow whatsoever, as you know. I've got none of it. I just haven't, mate. I haven't got enough minutes in my day as it is, let alone to follow that lot as well. Um, and that's how the conversation came about. If I'm right, is that is that is that correct? It it, it came it came about because I said, uh, you know, you got fans on Arsenal fans forum, for example, right. which is a a, a a Facebook group I run, um, and some of the guys on on there are on here. Um, you got Twitter. Uh, you got Oslop that meet up and talk about these things on various podcasts. This week I was on Same Old Arsenal. I was on Chronicles of Gunnar and and talking to fellow Arsenal supporters. And I think you type touched on it there, Mem, that a supporter has it here in their heart. They everything is it, it makes your Saturday. If you yeah. lose on a Saturday, you're gutted. Yeah. You win on a Saturday, you're elated. 
you touched on top of used the top of top uh, the example I said. I like West yeah. Ham. I always yeah. keep an eye out on West Ham scores. I'm I'm a little bit of a closet West Ham fan, but I'm not a supporter. I wouldn't be wearing a West Ham badge or uh, anything like that. But I, I just you know I I I don't mind watching them. Um, the, you know there's this this different. I'm an England fan, but I'm not an England supporter. I will I will follow yeah, okay. England in a tournament, but I'm Irish. I will always support Ireland through and through. So, you know, if England are playing in the, in the World Cup final and they're against Germany or Argentina, I'm England through and through for that, for that game, just to give me a bit of passion and stuff about it. But if Ireland are playing, I don't care if they're playing United States or Germany, you know, I'm I'm green, white and gold through and through. So that that's that's where I think and and you bring it on nicely onto like the way the um the fans have and we'll do this very briefly, then we've got the transfer window for the last 10, 15 minutes. But um uh the way the fan base, let's do it that way, because there's everybody in the fan base, the way the fan base have behaved on social media and the way some of the players have behaved on social media for for me has been pretty despicable. Um Ozil and Gwendouzi put a couple of uh, tweets out. Gwendouzi was saying that uh, the best number 10 he ever played against, uh, played with, was uh, Mesut Ozil. Um, well, that must be... He hasn't played against many other number 10s, uh, has he, really? Or played with. He's only a young lad. Yeah, o o Ozil puts a tweet out, a very divisive tweet, in my view. Uh, he, and, and, you know, when we're all having a party, as we were talking about, Trev, we're all talking about Partey. We're all partying about a fantastic transfer window. And he drops... Well, first of all, I don't know why the the news story... It must have come from Ozil's people. I don't know. But the news story about Gunnosaurus Rex being made redundant um, uh, came out on transfer deadline day, which was really, really unusual why that came out. But then the following day, Ozil's people put out, I'll pay his wages. Jerry who trevor you have met um before and you've met him as a, a really nice fella um he he gets paid he's on a part-time job as gonosaurus rex i believe also he's an uh, an arsenal supporters liaison officer um but as gonosaurus rex he'll get paid less than 200 pound a game if you work at all the games that we could possibly play in that stadium with carling cup fa cup and everything else 30 games a season about six grand a year listen Jerry, Jerry, right, isn't just Gunnosaurus Rex, right? Yes. Jerry isn't an employee of Arsenal. Jerry is Arsenal. Arsenal runs through his veins, right? He would bend over backwards for that club. And the fact that he might be kept in a job and, and, and works still at the Arsenal fills me full of pleasure. Fills me full of pleasure. I'm not, I don't care how it's coming or where it's going. I'm not going to name any names. But he's a top, top man. A top man of the Arsenal is Jerry. Yeah, and, and so I'm really pleased that he's staying, right? Fergus, I'm sorry, son. I've got to go back to a minute ago talking about the fans, right, and supporters. And you mentioned social media, right? All these people on social media that say these things, they're led, right? They follow people. And, and I'm not going to name any names, right? But there's one or two in particular that they come on and they, they, they call themselves Arsenal people and I'm not going to name their names because I'm not going to give them the airtime, right? Um, and it might not be who you think it is, but they come on, right? And 
that, that, the first thing they say is not about the Arsenal, it's not about this, it's about how many subscribers they've got, how many followers they've got. And then all they do is talk about that and abuse people. They're not Arsenal people. All you proper Arsenal fans and Arsenal supporters, don't listen to what they say because they, they don't care about Arsenal. They care about how many subscribers they've got, how many advertisers they've got, and how much money they can make out of it. That is it. And I'll tell you, I will name one, all right? I'm not talking about Arsenal Fan TV there. So don't jump on me back. There's far worse out there. Trust me, there is far worse out there than that. So if you're on social media, look at the person that's talking, of saying it's all about the Arsenal. Look a bit deeper and study them a bit before you listen to what they've got to say. Because most of it's rubbish to make money. Sorry, Fergus, you started me off. I finished it again. I'm having a rant tonight, aren't I? Well, listen, let's let's be more positive. Mike, what did you make of our transfer window? Are you pleased? Oh, oh man, I was going to go into a right rant there, oh, bloody, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I completely changed it. I was waiting. I was like, oh, right, opportunity. Go on. Go on, go on no. Do no. it, Mike. Do it, Mike. The thing is, with, with what's happening with Ozil, I think it was, I thought, great gesture, but he's made it all about himself. That's the issue I've got with it. And it's not the first time he's done it. He did the Burkamp quote. He did the training photos. And he also did it in another media platform where he's made it all about himself. This is all that he's doing. He's making it all about him. It looks like a good gesture, but there's always something hidden behind it. There's that bitter aftertaste with him. And that's what I don't like. Mike's but just I don't know, him up. I don't know what's going on with uh, the Gunnosaurus. Uh, I can't, sorry, Jerry is his name. Sorry, I, 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 yeah. It's gone straight out of my head for some strange reason there. But, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening with him. He's, I don't know if he's coming back when the fans come back. Uh, that's that, that's what I've heard. I understand why Arsenal have done it. I get it. But, you know, it's it's just one of them things. It's The problem is it's it's a sacrifice of the current times, that the current situation that we're in at the moment. And it's a horrible sacrifice to make. And I do not support it whatsoever in that respect, but I understand why. The thing is, Mike... Well, the thing with Ozil, like I said, he's made it all about himself, and like Trev was saying about social media and everything else, he's made it to get liked. The thing so, is, Mike, the, the, the cost-cutting of losing Gunnosaurus, and, and Anthony Harris has come along and said it's disgraceful the sacking of the mascot. It is, it really. Which... which the way it's been handled is more disgraceful than the actual sacking. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because, why, why do it on transfer deadline day? I don't well, get it. Well, no, I I honestly think that that's some sort of press leak and some sort of somebody on the Ozil team. I, I don't know that has has done something because that just seems really strange to release that sort of statement around then. And Arsenal had no control over it, but he hasn't turned up for a match day. He's done a bit of lockdown bloody TV, but he hasn't mm. he hasn't had a match day since March. He's yeah. not going to have a match day till probably next March. Yeah. So he's not really been. If, yeah, if there's that if there's that thing where they're saying they're going to bring him back when the fans come back in the stadium, that's great. You know they're keeping him going, so it's just one of them. Th it's just one of them things. It's a horrible situation to be in at the moment. It's the current times that you know. It's the situation that the current times that we're in. There's no fans in the stadium, which is, which is, brings me to the point I knew earlier really said about the fans. I hate not being at the stadium. I go to away games. You know, I do go to home games as well. I hate not being at the stadium, and and I agree. It's it's affecting it. It's definitely affecting it. Mm. Ninety-five Winston. Apparently, um, there was a swap deal with Sevilla. Uh, no, with uh, with a Spanish side. Uh, we sent Gunnosaurus Rex to Sevilla, uh, but we 
had a party to um, to celebrate um, celebrate that. We had a transfer window. Uh, Trev, uh, well, Mike, I asked you first of all, what did you make of the transfer window? Did you did did overall did you think it was a good transfer window? W were you pleased? Uh, right. Overall, if I was going to mark out a ten, I'd give it a six. A six. Okay. Out. I think it's great that we're signed party. I think that's moving, definitely moving forward. Trev's, Trev don't like it. The reason why I give it a six, Trev, is because we didn't get rid of the crap that we've got. That's the reason why I'm giving it a six. I can't, I can't stand it. No comment, Michael. No comment, Michael. We had 11. Trev, Trev, Mike says what? we didn't get rid of the crap. We got rid of 11 players between loans. Okay, some of them are lower down. The echelon, but we got rid of Torreira on a loan to Atletico Madrid, Guendouzi, uh, Martinez, um, Matt Smith, Mavropanos. Uh, then you got Greenwood, and then you're into some of the others the Coil, Oisitutu, John You're talking Jules, about some right fringe, play, fringe names there, but Mike's got a real point. Listen, we I, I think we had a little bit better than six, yeah, but he's got a real good point about not being able to sell some of these players that we, we want rid of. Having said that, he he is slowly weeding it out here, yeah, guys. He's slowly weeding it out. And and, and I, I think as a club we're making better decisions. We've we, you know we, you know we've got a young manager who's who's hungry for success and he's he's bought players that we need as a club. He's bought the right players in the right positions, yeah? Um and and like I know Mari's still injured and everything, and, and he was unlucky he got injured, but he 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 looked he looked half useful as well. I, I don't know, time will tell with him. But it was a shame that we couldn't get Kalasinac out, um, Mustafa. It's it's a real shame that we couldn't get some real money in for these players. But having said that, I, I think he has weeded them out, and and by sticking Urzel where he stuck him and getting rid of Guendouzi. Um, and we've touched on it, Fergus. Yeah, not only are we bringing in good quality players that are gonna, you know, what I mean, be on side, he's weeding the bad apples out, guys. It takes time, and unfortunately, because of lockdown, there weren't any clubs around to throw a bit of money at at some of our deadbeats. But it's going to happen. It's it's not the fact that yeah, we did get rid of a fair few players, and you like we said, there were a lot of fringe players or a lot of loanees and stuff, which is fair enough. I, I like the fact that we've loaned Gwendozi and not sold him. I like the fact that we've loaned Torreira and not sold him. You never know. He might come back and might be play, he might be even better. He might come back and re be really good. So he can give us another option. But I think it's more of the fact is we couldn't get rid of the players that we're really wanting to get rid of. Like We've got nine centre-backs. Eight, yeah. Eight, eight, yeah. Well, eight nine centre-backs. You know, Surely we could have got rid of Socrates or who was reported to leaving. There was Mustafi who had a... Who had a a bid and god knows what happened with that kolasniak did you know i think it's more of the fact is was we expecting a little bit too much money for him could we have just got away with saying in i can't remember who was trying to buy him it was um leverkusen was it I think. yeah leverkusen i think yeah. it was like reported to be around 10 million we wanted 12 yeah, you, you know what, Mike? I, I don't i don't think it's our fees it's what their wage demands are but uh, yeah. just a comment a, a comment in the in the comments here from anthony harris uh he goes on about martinez Torreira, uh uh Guendouzi. Oh, not uh, again. But, but martinez worst sale ever Anthony, well, I'm sorry, I'm mate. Just, yeah, just move on. Just I, I, move on. No, no, no just to, to put a final line underneath this. This guy in in December last year was worth three million pounds to Arsenal Football Club. We sold him 
for 17 million plus add-ons, which will end up to be a 20 million pound deal should Aston Villa stay up. So line under it. Let's just move on. He's not uh, an Arsenal uh, player anymore. Uh, and, and, and we've invested. Hang on, Trev. Um, and, um, I want to get Trev in. <laughs> Uh, uh, he might have been he, he might have been uh, some people's preferred keeper, but Leno is our keeper. Move on. Let's get over it. Trev, what did you think of the uh, transfer window overall? Because I can see the frustration written all across your face. Right. Yeah. Listen. Right. <laughs> we're, we're not going to get rid of the likes of Kolasinac, the likes of Socrates, because no one's going to pay their wages. Right. No one's going to pay their wages. I was going to say that before Kai commented, and Kai's exactly right, okay? We're stuck with Kalazinac on 100 grand a week. We're stuck with Socrates on 90 grand a week because they ain't going to move on for half of that, right? So what, what we've been saying, haven't we, for, the, for years now, we've been saying, I think I had the, the conversation with Mem some time ago, maybe with all of you, we've needed to strengthen our centre-backs, right? We've needed to strengthen... Um, a defensive midfielder. And that is exactly what Mikel Arteta has done, right? Mm. Mikel Arteta has gone and got us a couple of decent centre-backs and we've got Mari to come back when he's fit, right? And I honestly think that Holding's looking a much, much better player under Arteta, right? We've needed a defensive midfielder. He's gone and got possibly the best defensive midfielder in Europe in Thomas Partey, right? He's so not a defensive mid, Trev. Right. Well, yeah, but he's scary. He's, he's disciplined. Scary. He's really he's disciplined. disciplined. Right, and he's scary, and he and, and he'll and he'll and he'll strengthen our midfield unbelievably. Right. So, and, and what will happen? Bringing them people in, it, it, taking the money out of it, it don't matter if we've still got the likes of of Kalazinac and Mustafi and Socrates, because they won't get in the side anyway. They won't no. get in the side. They're going to suck us dry for another season of money. And I, to be honest, I don't blame them for that because they never make, they they got <laughs> Arsenal gave them that money. If Arsenal gave me that money, I'd take it, and I'd be laughing so, at me and I want to use now because I'd be pocketing it and thinking, no, you know, that, that's what Arsenal paid me. So we, we've got the players to fill the, the weak areas. We've got the players to fill the gaps, right? And 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 I can't argue with what Arteta's done because they've done exactly what we've been crying out for. Crying out for it, you know. And Trev, it's 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 unlikely that Socrates, Ozil, and one other player—I can't think of who it might be—probably uh, Mustafi um, will not be listed for our Premier League twenty-five or our Europe, Europa League twenty-five squad because you know we need to make room for at least two. So, uh, Socrates and Ozil, I believe, are the two that aren't going to be listed. Um, the, I, I want to talk about um, party. Uh, and I also want to briefly talk about Saliba. Uh, remember the domestic uh, Premier, um, the domestic transfer window is still open. We can't do Premier League to Premier League, but we can maybe loan the likes of Saliba down to somebody uh, in in the Championship. And Mem, we talked about that as well, and said that must be that might be a fantastic option if we can't get in when we got eight or nine uh, defenders. If he can't get into the first team squad, that could toughen him up enough. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But like what I said to you earlier on, the concern I have with him is we spent thick end of £30 million the year before last to loan him back out for a year in order for him to be, what, 
sort of ready for our first team. Yeah, but yeah, COVID, and he's nineteen. And I know, yeah, I know. I I've done the thing with uh, Gwendozy. If he's old enough, he's good enough, and all that sort of stuff. But COVID and his age, and the amount of players we've got, we haven't been able to shift on, does yeah. have a little bit slant on it. There's, can I just make a point on this quick? Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm aware, there's a lot more going on in Saliba's personal life, hence why he wanted to go back to France. Yeah, he lost his mum, didn't he recently? Yeah. So I, I think right. I believe so. Yeah. So that's the reason why he wanted to go back to France for a season, you know. And I think it was nice of Arsenal to try and get push that through because there was reports with going back to Rennes or going back to Saint Etienne, uh, but it's, none of it sort of come to fruition in the end. And you know, time ran out. So you know, it's there's a lot of things going on. So whether or not he goes to a club in the Championship, who knows? Hugely valid, Mike. What do you make a party? I think it's a great signing, unbelievable signing, and I can't wait for it. I, I really cannot wait for it, and I think it's going to be great for us. It gives us an option to possibly play the three in the midfield, which is he's tried to do over the last couple of games, uh, pushing a three in the midfield. And I think it's going to open it up a bit, a hell of a lot better for us. And like we've been saying, will Willie and will Saka play in that not necessarily a number ten role, but that high eight role? And you're going to see, hopefully, this is what I'd like to see, a partnership with Sir, Sir Bios and Partey in that lower eight role and hopefully push something forward for that. Would, would you not have Partey just sitting in front of where the type of Shaka role, sitting in front of the back, three well, back? If we, look at, if we look at what we're, we're seeing now, Jacker's not really sitting on the front of the defence. He is playing in that lower eight role, similar to what Sir Bios is. It's already there. They're not making huge runs forward. And they're not, re and they're only coming back when needed. But like I said with Sabias before, he's the main player to play out from the back. Now, if we had that extra runner, which I believe um, that more box to box player, which I think Partey is, is not really a defensive mid. He is that box and box player. The only way I can describe it is: is he similar? I'm not going to say is Vieira. This next Vieira is similar style player to Vieira. He pushes forward. You know, Vieira was never a DM. Gilberto Silva was the DM. But I don't know if we. I don't know if we've got that now in the DM. But having two lower eight midfielders that can work out as two DMs, but they're not necessarily. That's their only job is the defensive mid. Trev, you were um, starting this having a party. Um, are you still in Partey mood? I'm excited, Fergus. I'm really excited. I think he's just what we need. I, if I'm honest, right, if I'm honest, when we played uh, Atletico in the semi-finals of the, of the Europa League, what was it, just over two years ago now, wasn't it? And they beat us. They, they drew at our place when we should have beat them about 4-1. And then they beat us 1-0 there. That was the night that Koscielny got really badly injured. If I'm honest, Partey didn't shine for me in them games. He wasn't bad, but he, he didn't look a weldy. So I'm hoping that over the last couple of seasons, he, he, he's picked it all up. Now, I've not seen a lot of him. But what I have seen, I'm excited about seeing him. I think he's just what we need. He's strong, he's scary, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he, and he ain't going to back down from no one. He ain't going to back down from no one. I would honestly like to see him playing in front. You see... Mike, Mike's right in what he says, but 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 you see, if if you don't want to call Vieira a defensive midfielder, I'll get that. Let's call Vieira. Vieira was a deep-lying midfielder, right? When Vieira got forward, he always came from deep, right? It was always a charging run. 
And that's how I see Partey playing. I'd love to see. I'm not comparing him with Vieira. I wouldn't tar. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't no, that, that's what I was trying not to do. I was, I was on about but, the more style of player. But, but, but if you don't want to call Vieira a defensive midfielder, he was a deep lying midfielder, Mike, and he always came from deep when he was. Yeah. And that's how he. That's how he scored his goals, and that's how he. That's how he made his impact on the game. He came from nowhere, and that's what I mentioned earlier about El Nenny. El Nenny had that impact for our first goal against Sheffield United. Because he came from deep into the box and he caused mayhem. It wouldn't have even mattered if they don't touch the ball, you know. It's all about the, the impact of, of another player appearing. So I'm excited so, about Partey. I'd like to see Partey play in front of the back three. I genuinely would. I'd love to see him play with Sabayos. And I honestly think that looking at that, there would have been a place for Torreira in that side. Because Torreira would take the ball off a of party and spray it around a bit, you know. So I, am I excited? Of course I'm excited. What's your score out of 10 then? What's happened now? We've signed a player, right? And and we've got this stupid international break in an already crowded season. <laughs> What's going on? I don't want to watch international football. I'm not interested. I'm not interested at all. No, I'm not even going to watch it. I'd rather watch netball. I, I tell you what, I'd rather watch fishing. I, I, I tell you, what, I'd rather listen to fishing on the radio than watch England play. I tell you. <laughs> That's how uninterested I am. Yes, I want to Trev. see my Arsenal yeah. play. I want to see my new signings out there. I want to have Gabriel knocking especially, especially in a really congested year when we're trying to cram games in left, right and centre. Why do we need them? You'd think a bit of common sense would prevail. But I, I, if I can say something about party, I didn't know a lot about him because Dan's been going on about this fella for some time now. And I've made a point of look, taking a closer look at him and this fella brings something to our team, our club, that we don't currently have, guys. Everything that you fellas have said, he brings power, discipline. He is scary. He's more dynamic than a, a sitting um, defensive midfield player. I don't like giving all these labels to players because I'm going to say one thing. Football's a bloody simple game. Uh, a lot of people have a tendency to try and overcomplicate things, yeah? Um the more quality players that you can get in your first 11, okay, the easier the whole bloody thing gets, okay? And this fella, this fella is a top-class midfield player. I so, think we've nicked him at 45 million. We have. Honestly, I do, yeah. I think the centre-half that he's bought is also top-notch quality. And the more of these quality players we get in that first 11, the easier it's going to get because, guys, it's a bloody, really simple game, football. And Carlo Ancelotti made a great, great statement at the weekend, a great statement about it's a simple game, you know, 11 against 11, same size goals. The more quality players I'll get in my first team, he said, the better we'll do. So on that, given uh, your transfer window score out of 10, uh, Mike went with around six. Nah, uh, much higher than that. Um, compared to recent years, I'd... eight. 8.5, 8.5, there you go. I, I, I was 7.5 to 8. I I, I I I was listening to another podcast out for a run the, the other morning, and I went at 8 out of 10. And the only reason I went for 8 rather than, say, 8.5 or 9 is for the reason that Mike said that we didn't get rid of some of the some of the, the hangers-on that on huge money. Um, Trev, finally, your score for the tra transfer window. 11. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you why because you can't you can't tar us you can't tar the current regime 
with the fact that we can't get rid of the players, right? That's the previous regime. That, that, that we're stuck with. That we've got to accept. That we've got to move on with, right? But we've... What I've been crying out for, you look back through all our previous podcasts over the previous couple of years, I've said we need a big, scary centre-half or two and we need a big, scary defensive or, or, or deep-lying midfielder, right? That's what I've cried out for. That's what we've got. So for me, for me personally, it's perfect. That's what I felt we needed. And thank you, Arsenal. And 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 I think it, it can only nice. improve our team. Is he um, more uh, like Michael Sen than Patrick Vieira in terms of the way he plays? A little bit more looks wise. Don't don't start don't start down another thread. We're, we've already overran, Mem. To be honest uh, with you, oh, okay. Well, it reminds me of me a bit, you know, when I played a bit. <laughs> I was a bit scary. <laughs> Mike, um, I can believe. Here we go. To your Australian fan base, they've just woken up. Clock End uh, Talk podcast have said, morning, lads. Do your best, Aussie. Go on. What do you mean? What do you want me to say? Well, you've done your intro in Aussie, didn't you? Oh, yeah, it's the intro. I'm not an Australian, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, champion. Oh, morning, champion. Uh, morning, champion. It was terrible, but that's why I wanted to make you to do that. Listen, you have been listening to an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. You can check us out on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. You can check us out on Instagram, also Guns and Yellow Ribbons, and on YouTube. If you are watching us on YouTube, click the bell. If you're not, get onto YouTube, click the bell, and subscribe. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, it's guns and ribbons, which is Fergus. Wait, Fergus, don't go yet. Wait, because there's one thing you've got to add, son. We are proper Arsenal fans. We don't care if we get one viewer or f- one million viewers. We don't make a penny, right? We're not. We, we're here to talk about the Arsenal because we love our club. Remember that when you look at things on social media, listen to the fans. Don't listen to people that are there to make money. Sorry, Fergus. It's so important, mate. So important. You, you are right, and that's why we do use the strap line by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. It, it, it is genuinely what we are. We're, we're not out here. I, this is my hobby. Football, Arsenal is my hobby. Uh, my Absolutely. friends, my social group, the whole thing. This, this like going to football, costs me money. Uh, I don't care. I enjoy it. I enjoy having a chat. Whether we got 30 people, 130 people, 1,000 people watching right now, I'd like more, obviously, but I don't. Really I'd, I'd like some more viewers on mine as well. To be fair, well, go on, give a shout I'm, out. Not do, I'm not doing it for. I'm not doing it for the money. I, I'm totally doing it. We do it out of the kindness of our own hearts to bring our opinions to the Arsenal fans, whether you disagree with them or not. That's what the chat there. That's what the comment section's for. You know, if you disagree with us, that's great. If you agree with us, that's even better. You know, we just do it. We do it as we do it. We're Arsenal fans at the end of the day. And yes, uh, I'm going to plug mine because I think Fergus is allowing yes. me. I do a preview show on Ars Brothers. You're more than welcome to join. It is the Ars Brothers on Twitter or at the Ars Brothers. Um, mine is. I'm trying to get it the right. That, that that's me. You can follow me if you want, by all means. And uh, there you go. <laughs> Champions. Oh, do that. There you go. <laughs> as as always. We've overran, um, but I think it was worth it, and it was uh, uh, especially important when we had a game that we done a hard-fought victory. Uh, we had so much going on with social media, and more importantly, uh, we're all going to go and have a party right now. 
<laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. As I said before, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Only one last thing to say, boys. Up the arse. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. 